When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds every single day. For our DraftKings Pick of the Week, baseball is back. So it may be a bit of a risky bet, but we are going with the Colorado Rockies over the Los Angeles Dodgers for baseball returning. Yeah, have a little bit of fun with it. Why not? Why not? The Rockies are enjoyable. So go watch them. Go have a good time. And go make some money over on DraftKings. Rudo and AJ coming at you live. Going to get into a little bit of MVP conversation. AJ representing far too many different teams on the show right now. Far too much success over here. Okay, you can't say that with a fucking Ferrari hat on. Calm down. I'm sorry. Who's who's in first place right now? <laughs> I'm sorry, who's who's finished with double podiums to start the year? Uh-huh, yeah, because the engine failures, that's the only reason, but, you know, it's fine. <laughs> In any case. Am I about to apologize for that success? Am look, I about to apologize look, that that look, dude twisted his you, ankle? You have no reason to apologize for the Jayhawks. They are a champion. You can live that dream. Ferrari hasn't won in a hot minute. Okay, no. that's all I'm saying. <laughs> they won the first race of the year, and they got a double podium in race number two. Yeah, no one, I'm pretty excited. No one cares about race wins, okay? Then why do we watch them? The only race win that matters is your first one, and Charles has already won one. So, uh, oh, so many more to come. <laughs> you're probably right there. In any case, first of all, plenty of abs news on the day. A lot of it on the positive side. Uh, everyone is moving toward health. Valnichushkin is good to go to return to the lineup. Sam Gerrard will return Friday against Winnipeg. Gabe Landeskog is expected to start skating with the team again tomorrow, I believe. Uh, and then Naz- Nazem Kadri shouldn't be too far behind him. So The big thing is here is that it looks like uh, they will not be using the postseason to uh, to get everybody back, back in the lineup yeah. and figure it all out. <laughs> right. Even uh, if it's just the last week of the season and they get all, and they get everybody like back just up to speed. Yeah. yeah. That's huge for them. For sure. Agreed. It it's looking and you know, you never there's three weeks left in the regular season. Six more dudes could get hurt for all we know. But, yeah, well, in any of these recoveries, there could be a setback here, sure. there could be a setback there, there's whatever. 
definitely it, like you any can't of that's future there yeah any of any of that is possible so um it's really just it, it continues to trend in the right direction which i continue to say is absolutely absurd for everybody else yep like it's not not it's, good news for anybody <laughs> like you look at pittsburgh who i think i'm more impressed with pittsburgh having watched them in head-to-head against Colorado, if they can play that kind of game against some of these other teams, dude, I, I think know, man. Um, I think they're. I looks. I really like them. Like I, I really. They're like fun. Them. I don't think their defense is any good. I their defense wasn't any good the last time it won a cup. Remember, enough. like they stitched together like this weird patchwork group and made it work. Like Mike Sullivan knows what he's doing, man. Like they get, they get results from that group the, I, I guess the bigger problem there is I don't think their defense is any good and against a team like the Avs I don't trust Yari at all uh, yeah I mean Tristan Jari's got to figure he's he's got to f- definitely figure out the postseason like he has the exact like he, he is the same question that Darcy Kemper has yeah like these guys are great in the regular but, season they've been rolling along but they haven't proven it in the postseason and I, so it remains like the thing what is, I watched those two guys go head to get in the regular season, and I like Kemper's game way better than I like Yari's. I didn't love Kemper yesterday, and I was not super surprised when a couple of freebies slipped in at the end, especially that fourth one. I didn't think his puck tracking was very good, and then he didn't see that puck at all. But not the point. Um, it was... I I do agree with you that I like if I had to pick between them, I'm picking Kemper because... In their very brief postseason histories, Darcy Kemper at least put up a valiant effort has against had some decent goes of it. You know, yeah. Put up a valiant effort against Colorado before falling apart. And then way back in the way back machine yeah. did win them a series against the Avs. Yep. Um okay. Other Avs news. We already talked about this a little bit yesterday, but Curtis McDermott extension. AJ, we haven't gotten your thoughts on that yet. Yeah, so um I stayed up last night kind of working on a piece on it. Um, mostly, I just think it's mostly like there's two really, really, really staunch angles to this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the hockey angle, which is, boy, this isn't very good. He's not very good. Yep. Like, you go and you look at his on-ice impacts, and it's like, there are people out there who are like, oh, analytics are useless. They ruin the game. They do all this. And it's like all this does is take all the things, all the data, and all the things that happen on the ice and enhance it down. Like distill it down into information that we can digest and process and make stuff. use of. Yeah. And all of it says that Curtis McDermott is just not a but good NHL player. player yeah. yeah. He is the lowest of the lowest tier of NHL player. And then there's the person side of this. And when you talk about a team that's that's tight-knit and bonded and has a guy that they root for and love, how do you not love that guy? And how do you how do you value a guy that the teammates absolutely adore. Like they freak out every time he does anything. Yep. Uh, 
it's a weird spot. First of all, we did get $20 super chat here from Jack saying, finishing up grad school in a month and just got offered a job. Wanted to give you two your share as the pod has helped me get through many long days and nights of work. You guys are amazing. Appreciate it, Jack. $20 is extremely generous. So thank you. Oh, we have a, uh, we have a free t-shirt to give away somebody at some point. Okay. News of the day, I guess. Uh, the thing with McDermott that makes me not care about it is the contract is entirely variable. Right. And so this is where like, it's a one way deal. Um, so it doesn't like that suggests they're not signing it with intent of waiving him at some point, but it keeps it open. It keeps the door open. Now where there's going to be value in this is that Colorado is going to have big decisions and is going to be a cap team. And that's a guy that can fill two roster spots for the price of one. For sure. Because he can be your eighth D and your 13th forward. And if he's that, it's whatever, right? If he's the guy sitting in the press box for you when you're a healthy team. Yeah. I have no problems yeah. with it. If he's a guy and, you're actively putting into the lineup over more skilled players, that's when it's meh. Well, and this year we've seen he's been hurt, or the team has been hurt so yep. consistently that he's really just been in the lineup pretty consistently. Yep. But I just don't I I, I just don't have a huge issue with it. Um, it does, I do have questions about like, what's the plan at forward? Yeah. If, if the plan is to play Curtis McDermott in a healthy lineup regularly, I like the move a lot less. Yeah. Like if, if you're going to play him over Mikhail Maltsev next year, like that's your plan. Don't love it. Yeah. Then... I struggle with that because at some point it's like you have to leave the door open for Shane Bowers and Martin Kaut and Mikhail Maltsev and Sampo Ranta and probably not next year, but someday Jean-Luc Foudy. Yep. Like I, and I just don't, I just think that that's frustrating if that's what ends up happening. And that's usually what ends up happening. So I'm kind of planning on it. Because it's like, what's next for these guys? What's the next step? And, you know, I don't, we don't need to get into the, well, have they even earned an NHL job or blah, 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 blah. <clears throat> I, I don't, I, there's, there is no conversation about earning an NHL <coughs> job. Curtis McDermott has regularly played four minutes this season. Like, that's, that's not an NHL job either. That's the thing is it's like they, they're keeping him around almost entirely for personality and intangible reasons. Yep. And it's like, I think that there's something to be said for that. I think it's something that we overlook a lot in the team building aspect of things because we are so data driven and we also are not in that room. And so we don't know that, hey, maybe these guys are, you know, maybe these guys are, they, they need a guy like this and he just has that personality and he jobs and everything is good. I'm certainly not saying it doesn't matter, but there's definitely a line of 
yeah. a better hockey player is going to make you a better team at a certain point. Is that 10 points, 15 points? Yeah. Whatever it is, a penalty kill guy, it doesn't matter. You, everyone's going to draw their line differently there. But at a certain point, there's a threshold where you just, you can't say that that guy should be in your starting lineup at the very least. Right. But uh, I'm just like, I just, I think I've come around enough on this, this year specifically um, because we've just, we've just sort of seen it play out that way in such a way that it's, it's like, I really struggle to, I really struggle to like crucify this because he's been, he's been fine. Yeah. I, I, the like contract the, is fine. How they use him going forward is the only question I have. Yeah. I don't think it's a significant negative or positive either way. It, it, clearly, they wanted to keep him around. They've done that, and they've done it in a way where if he's truly terrible, they can waive him, and either he gets buried or someone claims him, and that's that. The weird part, The weird part of this to me is Jared Bettner. Yeah. Because Bedner clearly loves him, <laughs> but not so much that he's willing to yeah. play him. He won't give him minutes, though. Yeah. Like, did not play him in the third period against the Penguins until they were up. Yep. Five to two. Yep. And, and then and, was and like, has never been, a shift. In, in situations that matter, has clearly never been comfortable playing him this year. So. For real. It's so, it's just. It's just a really interesting dynamic. And, like, this whole, like, oh, you, the Avs need somebody to defend their skill guys. Like, Gabe Landeskog has, like, three fights this year. Nathan McKinnon, I think, has three fights this year. I think Nathan McKinnon has two fights and what was called roughing when he just beat up Brandon <laughs> Duhame after <laughs> Duhame boarded Bo Byram. Yeah. Um. So, like, he got a free pass on what should have been a fighting major in that game. Well, and Nas can fight. It's well, they have right, enough like, that, that if you're looking for someone to punch a face, they have enough dudes to do. Yeah, that. like Jack Johnson threw sure. fists once this year, too. Yep. His other his other major was what was it like that interference or whatever? That weird, yeah, app. it was super weird. Yeah, that was the strangest, but. <laughs> Anyway, um, like those are like those guys are those guys have decided to just do it themselves. Yep. So this whole like protection thing is like like maybe hockey's greatest myth that a guy like that deters something like, oh, yeah, I'll ask the Ducks what what it's like not having protection. Like Troy Terry walked into Jay Beagle and Jay Beagle punched his face off. And it was and it was bullshit from Jay Beagle, a hundred percent. But like Troy Terry engaged in that situation. Yep. And it went sideways in a big hurry, but like Troy Terry put himself in that spot. Having Nick Delorier around would not have changed a single second of that. I agree. All of this, like, oh, the, they don't run your star players or whatever. It's all nonsense. We just, Nico Rantanen just got blown up a week ago. Yep. They just and, do it anyway. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't, it just doesn't exist. It's just total nut. The people worried about this with Nikita Zadorov got traded. Great. Now who's going to defend them? Well, 
all year, those guys have defended themselves. Do you necessarily want them to? No, but if they're doing it anyway, then you just shrug it off. So this is the part of the McDermott stuff that drives me crazy is the, the giving him, giving him so much credit well, and the the Mika one's stuff a that great example exist. because Matt Dumba makes that hit on Mika with Curtis McDermott literally on the ice. Yeah, there's no deterrent there. It's, yeah, it's just not a thing. This is this is this is made up. So you can say that I'm incorrect all day. That doesn't make you right. Yep, I I I, I don't know how you can say McDermott deters anyone when you see that Miko hit. It's, so uh, it's, it's just math doesn't add up there. Uh, and like just just watching it all year, like <laughs> they've just de- they've just decided to just handle it themselves. So that part of it, that part of it, I'm not here for that part of this argument. That it's some sort of a deterrent and it keeps them safer or whatever. It hasn't. Yeah. So. It- well, and yeah, it. I do think there are some merits to fighting. I understand it, but again, we had this conversation with Dumba. He's not going to fight Curtis McDermott. McDermott probably, is fighting probably not. McDermott is fighting the other dudes that fight in the league: Ryan Reeves, Nick Deloria. Yeah, <laughs> those are the dudes that fight each other. And again, I think you can find some value there, but it doesn't really do anything as far as preventing anything. I don't believe Yeah. Uh, in any case, we are brought to you all by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR and get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar or find out a local liquor store near you. So be sure to go get some of that. The avalanche is Amazing. I really do love it. Highly recommend you get it. Look at that. Yeah, here's got a mountain beach sipping on one right now. Great beer all over the place. Uh, also, you can check out our party bus sponsor, Avaca TV. Go jump on that when you want to watch the abs at home on your television. Instead of having to jump through all the bunch of ridiculous hoops, you get Avaca TV. It's just 25 bucks a month, so way cheaper than direct TV and actually has altitude, so better than Comcast. You win both ways there you just need an internet connection it hooks right up to your tv you got your remote you turn it on you're watching abs hockey on altitude they also have at&t sports network so that means they have all of the major colorado sports they have altitude for nuggets abs rapids mammoth and otherwise they have at&t sports net for rockies and they have the national channel so you can watch a football too uh it's gonna be fun Looking forward to uh, the future of where they go with Avaca TV and things like that. Go to avaca.tv slash DNVR. That's E-V-O-C-A dot TV slash DNVR to get set up today. Makes it a lot easier for casual viewing of Colorado sports. Uh, second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings <clears throat> Sportsbook. Rudo and AJ, I guess, I guess we should actually talk about the topic of the day in the MVP race in the NHL. I want to get to that. I want to start with who is the Colorado Avalanche MVP? This year? Jared Bednar. Jared Bednar? That's who you're giving it to? I really don't know, man. 
I like it was it was Kadri for fifty games, maybe sixty games. Yep. Like hands down, dude. He started slowing down, and now he's injured, and it's changed the pace here a little bit. Yeah, I mean, Kale McCarr's obviously been unbelievable, but you can Devon Taves has been unbelievable. Darcy Kemper's been unbelievable. I think that's the one. Like, I, I think it, between Taves and McCarr, I'm giving it to Kale. But I think you could definitely give it to Darcy Kemper. You know you know how um, every Olympic cycle they have, like, the torch where they, like, run the torch? Yep. And then a bunch of, like, high-profile people it gets passed to and then eventually it gets lit? That's the abs this year. It's just a passing of that torch. Here's this superstar. <laughs> yeah, it's just like and one because like for stretches of this year, it's just been like, well, it's been this guy, then it's been this guy, then it's been this guy, then it's been this guy. They've all kind of stepped up. You can't you can't say that any one guy has been more important than the others. Like I, yeah, I mean, you can look at. Even a guy like a Nachushkin has had a couple of games where you're like, that guy, that guy scores all of your goals in Calgary. Yep. Like you win a you win a nail biter, like lockdown defensive game in Calgary. He scores all your goals. So I you know, like it's just they've all been unbelievable at different times. And, like, for a while there, the best player on the top line was Cape Landeskog. Then it was sure. Nathan McKinnon. Then it was Miko Rantanen. Well, and and the topic of the day is Miko Rantanen for the AB side of things here. Uh, we have been, for a significant portion of the year, fairly negative surrounding Miko in his play, despite him continuing to produce. He's still in the top ten in NHL scoring. Yeah, it's like negative with the asterisk of every single time we talk about it. Yeah, We're always like, the guy is so sick. That's why we're mad. (laughs) But at a certain point, you do have to start having a conversation. There have been some names out there on Twitter. I believe Jay Fresh was one of them who says Miko should be a heart finalist. This Yeah, so there are some underlying numbers here. As I mean, those guys make those arguments based off of that. Right. Almost entirely analytically. Yeah. So they look at they look at all of those numbers and Miko Rantanen has had that kind of year. Yep. Where he just um, puts it all together. Yeah. And you know, you look at it, he's ninth in the NHL in scoring. Yep. Eighty four points, thirty five goals and counting. In what has been, for a season where the Avs have not been particularly healthy, he's played 67 of their 70 games. Yeah. So, pretty solid on that front, too. Yeah, he's, and, like, you look, what was maybe the most impressive part of his year to me was uh, the transition to to C at times. Yep, played genuine top six center. Which is the last time he played center Ooh, in earnest before this year was his rookie year on the fourth line. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. <laughs> God, I remember that. And it was whole bad. nightmare. It was bad. <laughs> so, yeah, that was weird, man. What a strange like nine. We should we should go back and like 
shift relive by shift, those, those nine, nine games, games of Miko being terrible. Well, because you remember it got broken up. Um, it started like opening night. It was Borna Rendelich, Miko Ranton, yeah. and Carl Soderberg. And you're like, what the hell is this? <laughs> what is going on here? It was just such a weird, yeah, such a weird thing. <laughs> <clears throat> Yeah. And then and then uh they send him down and play he's like down there playing center and he comes back up and plays center and you're like, This isn't it, dude. Why did you bring him back up? Yeah. And then they got to the nine games. We're like, eh, no, get, get out of here. Get out get gone. And then he murders the AHL that year, but Yeah. Uh well that's in, it, in any case, uh <laughs> memories. With Miko, and I think part of this conversation for people that watch the Avs regularly, especially over the last three weeks, maybe a month, you've seen Miko Rantanen. You've seen the guy turn it up enough yeah. that you're like, all right, yeah, no, there's still that actual beast in there somewhere, yeah. too. I mean, so. you watch him in these games where they're taking it seriously. Watch this home and home against Pittsburgh. Yep. Was he better or was Evgeny Malkin? I, Malkin was a kind of a ghost in this these two games, to be honest with you. Like I put it in my post game piece last night. If you're gonna if you're gonna beat the Penguins, you stop those two guys. And what did they combine for yesterday? One assist, two shots on goal. Nothing. Locked it down. Easy life. And Colorado's top line did work in both games, as you do. Yep. So. I don't know. I don't know how serious I would take the Miko Ranton and MVP conversation. I don't think I mean, I'd have him I, as a finalist. Even if even if he got to 100 points this year, by the time he does that, there are going to be probably five other guys that get there. Yeah. Uh, and there could be more than that with uh, Marner, Kaprizov, Kachuk, Yossi, yep. and Panarin all in the same bracket as Rantanen. For sure. So we could be we could be talking about ten dudes here, yeah, and, and that have a hundred points, and it's just like he's just gonna get lost in that shuffle. And and to be honest with you, he doesn't have that star appeal that you absolutely need. You need yeah. people watching and being like, "This guy's a freak," and that that doesn't exist with Miko because you watch Colorado and you start with McKinnon, you start with McCarr. And then you get to the back end of that, and you're like, oh, my God, Darcy Kemper's great. Yeah, it's a lot of stiff competition for Miko there, for sure. Um, in any case, this conversation does go beyond Miko. AJ, yeah. do you have a real dark horse for for an MVP finalist? Oh, they win it, but finalist. A dark horse? I don't think so. No, um, it, it's all in that top eight, nine guys. Yeah, I would, I, I mean, like, I think Shesterkin has gotten enough burn this year that he's, he could end up a finalist. I think he'll probably finish top five. Um, I wonder about Roman Yossi though, because, well, he's, he, as much as anybody, he has driven the crap out of this Predators team. Sure. And like I bag on the Predators, and I'm like, they're not, they're they're a balloon just waiting to be popped in the postseason. I don't think they're going to be very good, and 
I don't think they're going to blah, 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 right? Like, I'm not buying it all. But in a, for a regular season award, you look at Roman Yossi, ah, man, I don't know how you can say that he's not one of the most valuable players in the NHL this year. Because unlike with Kale McCarr, like, look who he plays with on that back end. And I never thought I'd say this about a Predators defense. Yeah, the Predators defense has fallen a long way. <laughs> like, at this point, it would, like, it would be, like, name the Predators defense. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? Like, it's it's not even, like, you're not even talking about it as, like, a high-end thing anymore. You're just, it's just, like, who the hell are they putting this poor guy with? Uh, and and his success is unbelievable. It's off the charts. He's he's especially the last month and a half or so. He's just been absolutely yeah, I mean, insane. He had an all time. He had an all time great March. Yep, no doubt about it. Um, and that's that's where that goes. I do think he probably is gonna snake the Norris this year, but I. I it's weird to me that like we're seeing like Pierre LeBron in the last couple of days has pushed this whole McDavid and Dreisaitl being teammates should not disqualify them. And it's like, I'm sorry, what the fuck are you even on about right now? <laughs> Who has won the last two MVPs? <laughs> it hasn't disqualified them from shit. Yeah. It, despite disqualifying other people like Nathan McKinnon in the past. Yeah. And like, it was the reason Nathan McKinnon did not beat Taylor Hall. Yep. Was because Taylor Hall didn't have any help and Nathan McKinnon had Miko Rantanen. Yep. And now all of a sudden it's like, well, that's not their fault. They're, they're, but they're playing on different lines. <laughs> okay. AJ's over it for sure with McDavid yeah. and Dreisaitl. I'm I'm tired of hearing about like, oh, poor them and this and the like. They've been, they've just been handing these guys, they've won three of the last five MVPs. Yep. And I'll tell you, in each of the years in which they got them, I didn't have a problem. I didn't have a problem with Dreisaitl a couple of years ago when he had that like 120 point season or whatever. I didn't have a problem with him winning it. You and I on this show were like, we're giving it to Dreisaitl. Yep. It, even with all the pockmarks, even with the one-way play, and even, you know, whatever. We were like, dude, that's just, he's just been too insane. We were comfortable with that. The one that sucks is the McKinnon Hall thing. And then, yep. like, my only frustration with that these days is the reasoning that was used. And now, all of a sudden, like. It's no longer a reason anymore. Yeah. Can't disqualify the Edmonton's Wonder Twins because they're teammates. And it's like, what the fuck are we on about here? If you look at almost any of these, like, if okay, if if teammates are disqualifying, McDavid and Dreisaitl are out. Matthews and Marner are out. Yep. Gaudreau and Kachuk are out. Jim All right. Huberto, come on down. Yeah, now you've got, that leaves you with, just in the scoring race, obviously, that leaves you with Jonathan Uberto, Kirill Kaprizov, and Roman Yossi. Yep. And then Miko Rantanen. But Miko Rantanen has Nazem Kadri right there in 12th place. So they might be out too. <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely inconsistent. But what in the NHL isn't inconsistent these days? So, uh, that's the way that that goes. 
if you want to be consistent and making money with DraftKings, make sure you're following Blaze's bets because that dude don't miss. Uh, highly recommend you get it on Blaze's bets for abs games whenever you can. You can head on over to DraftKings when you sign up with the DNVR code right now. All you have to do is bet $5 on the Masters and you get $25 in free bets for every birdie Bryson DeChambeau makes in the first round. So if he really goes off, you could get like $400 in free bets or something. That'd be insane. But like $300 might be, might be doable. He's, he's long enough that he kind of just breaks Augusta. So go over there. Go get DraftKings Sportsbook hooked up. Use that DNVR code. Bet $5 on the, the – excuse me. Bet $5 on the Masters. Get $25 for every birdie from Bryson DeChambeau. Uh, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR to bet that $5 to win. 25 for every birdie. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And then you can go over and check out Lightshade with their 11 different locations here in the Denver metro area with a bunch of crazy products. 420 is coming up. They've got a bunch of 420 deals coming up for you their five best-selling products will be buy one get one for a dollar the entire week of 420 so if you want whatever it is you prefer cannabis concentrates top shelf flower edibles tinctures accessories whatever you can get it for super cheap 420 specials plus 25 percent off non-sale items when you use code dnvr go to lightshade.com to order highly recommend if you haven't been to go check it out, it's it's super dope. Uh, you can also hit, get yourself hooked up with uh, some Ripple products, fast acting, dissolvable, two times faster than the leading gummy. It starts absorbing within 10 minutes. So you can depend on consistent experience every single time. Uh, you can pretty much put it in everything. It's just a quick dissolving powder, whether it's, you know, throw it in a drink or, or throw it in some thinner bacon either way it works for you and they also have their quick sticks which you can just pour right onto your tongue so go check out ripple at light shade today get all that hooked up and if you want to be part of the party bus we are selling bus tickets only we're sold out of game tickets but if you have your own abs tickets just i i think it's 20 bucks to to go on the party bus with us so literally cheaper than parking at pepsi center to come ride the party bus should be a blast of a time. Come join us for the awesome party bus. Third period of the DNBR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm really bummed I'm missing the party bus, man. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be a good time. I'm looking forward to the whole section, and we got a little booth for intermission to come. Everyone can come vibe at. It's going to be a blast. Uh, AJ, who is your MVP? Of the league know. today, you don't, I don't know. know. I really don't. Um, gun to my head, I probably vote Austin Matthews. Yeah, I saw that coming. I just think what he's done, goal scoring wise, it's insane. It's, the dude has a legitimate shot at sixty. It's been. I don't know. It's been special. Yeah. I think I think everybody's hatred of Toronto makes it so that 
we don't want to admit what a special year he's having. But genuinely, just what what a tremendous player he is. Because even even on an offense like full of stars, he separates from those guys. Like Mitch Marner's great. Mitch Marner rocks. And William Nylander is really good. And that traitorous swine is okay. But the like he's separate. Austin Matthews is just special, man. I, so I uh, Austin Matthews is the best goal scorer in the NHL right now. Anyone who disagrees with that is just wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would say it's hard. It's hard with Alexander Ovechkin still in the league to say that, but I think he's probably taken the torch. He does it in the knowing that, that Ovi does right, but knowing that Ovi is still incredible. Ovi is the best goal scorer of all time. Yeah, this right now in the NHL, it's yeah. Austin Matthews. Uh, I think I, I think I would agree, and I would also I would also have a. I think there's got to be some love here for Leon Draisaitl as a goal scorer. Yeah, he's the the only other guy at 50 in the league. So, well, and if I'm correct here, uh, he's working on his like. This would be his second year shooting 20. percent uh, And he has two other years at 19 and 18 percent. Yep, where he's just we're like, that's coming down. And it's just like, no, it's not. It, it's, it's not like those years are not like, oh, it's just low volume, high percentage shooting. He's shooting like 250 times. Yeah. <laughs> and you can definitely ding Dreisaitl a little bit for feasting for sure. on the power play. Like, I think that didn't like we always talk about the power of even strength and and how that is what separates a lot of guys and like Austin Matthews is incredible at even strength like yep. he's just the best volume goal scorer at 5v5 that we've seen in a really long time and he's he's unbelievable man and i i think that that i think that, that Maple Leafs team it's everything that they – I think that Toronto was really, really good, and they're betrayed by absolute bullshit goaltending. Unfortunate. So. But, uh, the way it goes. Two other conversations – well, two other players I specifically want to talk about. First, how do you feel about Huberto? I'm really torn because he is a horrific defensive player. Yep. And I feel the same way about Dreisaitl, that they give so much of it back. And so, so, so much of it back that I really struggle with that. Um, at the same time, it's it's kind of like a specific thing, but we're seeing maybe the greatest left-wing season ever out of Jonathan Uberdo. Um. So that's interesting. Something that I would like to, something that I would also like to give love to. I, uh, when is the last season that someone recorded 80 assists? I honestly don't know. I'm sure it's been a minute. Uh, 
it's I think Huberto's give, give me a little give me, yeah, yeah. Give me, a, se- give me a second but, I, give it but I think that's what makes Huberto an interesting conversation is because he is up here on the point total but he isn't driving the goal scoring anywhere near these other guys not McDavid not Dreisaitl <laughs> not Matthews obviously but even even someone like Johnny Gaudreau is out goal scoring him by a significant margin. Kucherov three years ago. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I guess if, that, you, if you get to 120 fucking points, you're gonna yeah. have a lot of assists. He had he had 128 points that year. Yeah. Uh, and won the MVP. Yep. Otherwise, uh, you're talking uh, Passy Sedin. Yeah. In ten. And then Joe Thornton in 06. Okay. okay. So, yeah. So it happens every four or five years. Yeah. Passy Sedin actually came close a couple of times. Just a little bit short. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, but either way, I, I do think it's an interesting conversation with Huberto just because he does get it done a little bit differently than those other guys at the top. Um, and despite having that absurd of amount of assists, he's the one that doesn't have a teammate up near the top of the list. So I've always been partial to, to passy players. I, I know my biases on that for sure. Uh, the other conversation I wanted to have. And when you're arguably talking about most valuable player to their team, I think you can make a pretty damn good argument for Kaprizov. Yeah. Well, and if you start making an argument for Kaprizov, that's where your argument for Shesterkin and your argument for Yossi, I think, is even better. Start to come into, yeah. Yeah. Because I would take both of those guys over Kaprizov. But I I, I do think... I, I don't know about Shesterkin. I do because the Rangers are very good. <laughs> but I don't think the Rangers are very good, man. And Shesterkin, Shesterkin has had the kind of year that forces a guy into this conversation because he's been that special. I guess. You don't, you don't look around at the Rangers and you're, and you're just like, wow, this team is really, really, really tremendous. It's just so hard to give a goalie that award. I, I mean, the last defenseman to win it was Chris Pronger in 2000, 2001. I I know it's impossible to give it to a defenseman too. I know, but. Either way, I, I think it's a conversation that we have every year where you look at, hey, pick your poison. You can take Yossi or mm-hmm. Shesterkin or whoever you want. Guys that might not be the best player in the league, but are certainly the driving force behind their hockey team. Well, and this is where the that time-honored conversation, what's the definition of value? Yep. And when it comes to the voters, the definition of value tends to be the best player in the league or at least something akin to it more than the most valuable player to their team, I would say. It's weird that we have a Maple Leafs fan in here bombarding our chat, apparently not listening to anything that we're saying. He literally just said he'd probably pick Matthews to win it. So, yeah. I don't know what you're mad about, my guy. I mean, he might be behind or whatever. It's just been really confusing yeah. to see it where it's like, <laughs> we're on your side here, guy. <laughs> okay. 
And you're not that far behind if you're answering our question. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, no, I do. I do think that the I would prefer for the conversation to stop being go to NHL.com, sort by points, total points, and take those three dudes and move on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and start actually getting into the conversation of value. Because for me, I'm like, how can a how can you make an argument like? I was pretty frustrated a few years ago when Dreisaitl won it. Mm-hmm. Not because Dreisaitl won it, but because if you looked at if you looked at the ballots, you had Dreisaitl as number one, and then Connor McDavid as number two. And I'm like, how is it that you you're going to have the two? Valuable, how man. are the two most valuable players on the team playing for a team that finished in fifth place? Yep. In the conference. Some math don't add up there. What the fuck is that? <laughs> like, and and I usually try and keep team strength out of it for the reasons that the NBA is experiencing right now. Yep. But like for real, like how do you how do you how do you Look and say this is these this is the most valuable player on a team that finishes fifth place in a conference, and you're looking once again like I I don't mind where Toronto is in its in in the East because the East is absolutely incredible this year and right now they're third. Yep, like they are right in the thick of the much stronger conference top to bottom. Like much like so their team strength won't bother me, but you're trying to make this argument for having finalists come out of what is the fifth place team coming out of the worst division in the league. Like they're they are second in the worst division in the NHL and they may not even finish there. There's a realistic possibility that those guys finish behind an L.A. team. And have to go to LA on the road in the postseason for their first round series. But these are the most valuable players in the league. I mean, I, come on. To... This is where I'm with you. Kirill Kaprizov? Where is Minnesota without that guy? Yeah, right. They're nowhere. Where is Minnesota without that guy? Where are the Rangers without Igor Shesterkin? You the... think you think if you take you take Igor off of the Rangers and you put him Put put him on the Maple Leafs. Switch their goaltending. What happens to those standings? Well, and, and I think that's if you're saying Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid finish one two in the MVP, you're saying the Edmonton Oilers are the worst team in the league, right? You guys, that's what you're saying. The worst team in the league. Yep. So now, I'm not going to say they would be. but they would obviously be significantly worse. Not very good. So I think them being part of the conversation is fine. Yep. But also like you look at, you take Jonathan Uberto off of Florida and this is, you know, is Florida still really good? Yep. Very good. You take Nathan McKinnon off of Colorado. You take Miko Rantanen off of Colorado. Still very good. So that's where that's where I'm like, okay, you can argue that those guys aren't the most valuable because of that. You know, Calgary has 
there's all this Johnny Gaudreau talk, but it's like Matt Kachuk is right there. Yeah, and that that team has a lot of very solid players too. Right. Well, and then Jacob Markstrom's kind of tied the whole thing together. Yep. Jacob Markstrom, you could you could argue that Jacob Markstrom belongs in a. I don't want to say like I don't think anybody belongs in the Besna conversation other than Shesterkin, but like slots two through six. Okay, <laughs> I would have Markstrom in that in that conversation. Fair enough. Probably but, have Kemper in there too. But. Yeah, but if you're talking like value to a team, and I think that that's what it should be, but you have to be. You, I do think I do think you have to be a playoff team. Because, oh, take this guy off, and what are they? They're Oh, they're a worse team. Well, with that guy, they're not even making the playoffs? Like, it, that value is irrelevant. I, I think there are worlds where you can get an MVP on a non-playoff team, but it has to be a genuinely, like what Jokic is doing this year. And, and the Nuggets are going to be a playoff team, but or at least a play-in team. But if it's if you put up a all world season, like genuinely one of the best seasons ever. And your team is just that bad. Okay. I understand. I mean, if you're having a 130 point season and your team is in ninth place, I guess you get considered fair enough. You're transcending a year's MVP and putting up one of the best seasons of all time at that point. When you're talking about just a a really good season, because let's be honest, guys are having great seasons this year. No one's having a year that anyone's going to go. This was one of the greatest seasons ever. Like McDavid last year in the 56 right. season. That was absurd. <laughs> Where we were like the hard conversation was like, well, it's McDavid, right? Yeah. 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 Cool. 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 <laughs> right. And that's like, come on. Yeah. It just didn't. It Nothing else mattered because he was that much better. Yeah. Than everyone else. He was 19 points or I'm sorry, 21 points ahead of second of the second highest score. Who was Leon Dreisaitl? <laughs> the next highest point total after that was 69. <laughs> nice. He had 105 points, and the next host was, was Brad Marchand with 60. That's fucking crazy. For the record, that's a 150-point pace in an 82 game. Season. Right. And that's Which why that's why last year, that's why last year it yeah. was like just what the hell? Oh, yeah, you don't give this to him. him. What are we doing here? <laughs> Because so. that was that was the exact kind of like all world super special holy shit type of season that we're talking about. Yep. But the this year that's not happened. Correct. There isn't anyone that is separated quite like that this year. Right. You're you're talking about a season that could that could have ten guys. Yep. That get to a hundred points, which is wow. We're not. It, we're not the that Ned far Puck removed. The era is over, baby. We're not that far removed from Jamie Ben winning a scoring title with like eighty-eight points. Yeah, that was less than that, wasn't it? I think it was like eighty-four. I, I actually don't remember. But uh, anyway, it was it was eighty something. Like it was yeah. it was really really low, and everybody was like, "What's what's wrong with scoring? Everything is broken." Yeah, I was eighty-nine. Uh, or did I don't know? It was either eighty nine or eighty seven. I forget which year you won it. Uh, eighty seven. Okay. That was the Art Ross year. There you go. Uh, it, yeah, it's the NHL is weird, but you know, 
there's uh there's some parody at the top this year, I guess. Yo, how weird is that? He won the Art Ross and finished twelfth in hard yeah. loading. Yeah, some weird shit out there. <laughs> what the? F- I mean, the NHL awards have never been known for their consistency. Yo, Devin Dubnik was fourth in hard voting that year. <laughs> Stuff's crazy. We need. We should do this for a summer show. Oh, definitely. We should. We should play. We should play. Uh, two truths and a lie. Oh my god! You'd be like Devin Dubnik once finished fourth in hard voting. <laughs> <laughs> True. Uh, God, that would be brutal. There, there. If you looked hard enough, there'd be some insane awards voting. Yeah, absolutely. Francois Beauchemin once got a Norris vote. Yeah, as a member of the Avs. Yeah. Oh my god, that was before ballots were published. Yeah, and it was one of the reasons why ballots got published because that was because people shit. were like, "Say what?" <laughs> All right, so a fun yeah. little conversation about the heart yeah. today. Um, we are off tomorrow. We'll be back Friday, of course, pregame, postgame, all of that stuff for you for the weekend game. So hopefully y'all will tune into that. Any any final thoughts you wanted to add here, AJ? Um, I don't, if you haven't read it, go read my Bo and Byron piece from yesterday. Uh, I'm going to push it out again on Twitter and social media and all that. Um, I do have a Curtis McDermott thing that... I'll push out just because I worked on it and I imagine 12 people will be interested enough to read it. So you guys can keep fighting about how wrong I am there. There you go. Fight about how AJ's wrong. Go watch my big EJ video that's coming out tomorrow. Tomorrow. How long have you worked on this? Last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's been like two weeks, three weeks of actually properly working on it. So yeah. Should be fun. It's kind of in the same vein of that Makar video that you all loved. So yeah, we are off tomorrow on the pod. Yeah, no pod, but EJ yeah, video because we've got uh, Friday and Saturday shows, uh, post games. Yep. So we appreciate all y'all. We're gonna get out of here, and we will talk to you on Friday. <laughs>